Thank you, Ben and team. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see everybody here this morning. We are on a series, The Church, What Are We? Um, All the way through the Word of God, we see metaphorical statements of the Word describing the church in a metaphorical picture. And those metaphorical pictures make a large statement of what we are, how we function, uh, how we need to be, how we need to behave, how we need to act. So we're just going through those metaphorical functions. So looking at um, metaphorical statements, just looking at a couple things we've talked about a couple weeks in the past. We are the bride of Christ. It comes with a picture of our relationship with him. We are new humanity, which is a picture of our culture. We are a field, which is a picture of the method, how God wants to grow his kingdom. And then we are the family of God, which is a picture of our position. So this morning we're going to talk about we are, number one, the church, a flock of sheep, the picture of our mentality. And no, it is not a compliment. (laughs) I have a big bull. In fact, he's going to get butchered next week. And the reason why he's going to get butchered is because he's so large, because he's older. He's got a neck of steel. He's got shoulders. And I look at him and go, yeah, that's my bull. And God how come you could not describe me as a bull rather than a sheep? I mean, why do you have to make the comment, we're sheep? I mean, I don't want to walk out of here being down, being discouraged, feeling weak. I want to walk out of here feeling strong. But all the way through the Bible, it describes God's people as a flock of sheep. So let's study sheep a little bit. (laughs) And sadly to say that when we look at sheep, we're going to see some characteristics. Stubborn, Sheep are stubborn. We're not stubborn, are we? Yeah, I, I think there's some characteristics there. Sheep are very gullible. Sheep are followers. Sheep are easily influenced. Yeah, we don't like to hear those things as well, but yes, they are easily influenced. They're wanderers. Uh, they go and venture off on themselves. They're creatures of habit. Sheep are self-destructive. Do you know that if a sheep falls asleep on a hillside and then rolls over on his back and his feet are straight up in the air, did you know that he will die? The reason why is because he doesn't know how to roll the rest of the way over to get back up on his feet. Are we that way? Uh, You know, uh, we are that way in regards to addictions, in regards to influence that we just sell ourselves and say, I know we're in a bad situation, a bad predicament, but I'm just not going to get out of it. I'm just going to stay here. And even if I die, that's just the way it is. There's way too many characteristics that we have as sheep. Sheep have very little discernment in choosing their water and also their food. They need a shepherd to make sure their food and the water is eligible to um, eat. Does any of us eat cheeseburgers? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we uh, kind of need uh, some direction there as well. Sheep have flocking characteristics. There are safety in their numbers. And what that means is that if a sheep is going to protect themselves from something that wants them, their only safety that they have is to flock together and to get really close. And the reason why that works is because if you can flock together, get really close, and a wolf comes or, or a dog or anything comes to take out the sheep, um, the ones that are in the middle goes, oh, I hope they have full stomachs before they get to me. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only protection that they have as they take out the ones on, on, on the outside. They are, um, have safety in their numbers. Uh, sheep, they have no sense of direction. Uh, they need to be guided, and they needed to be guided softly. I mentioned my bull before, but I had an experience last week 
that I wanted to get my bull in my new head gate that I put together to see if it was strong enough. I figured if I get my bull in there, lock his head in there, and I don't know, he's not going to be used to it, so it's going to get a little aggressive. I'd be able to see if it would be strong enough. So sure enough, I tried to get my bull in there, and I told him to go in there, and he didn't go in there. I uh, pushed him to go in there, and he went the opposite direction, and I was getting a little frustrated. There's no way in the world this bull is going to go into this head gate. And then I remembered last week, um, an elder in our church who is a police officer says, being a police officer, we get certain things that are given to us free. And I got a free light taser, flashlight taser. And uh, as I was trying to get my bull in there, I remember, because he, then he gave it to me, I remember, ah, I got given that free flashlight taser. I wonder if I use this on this bull, if he'd get his head in that gate. And sure enough, I went in the house, I got my flashlight taser, and I zapped him on the rear, and boy, that bull listened to me right into the gate, right into the head, locked him. I was so proud of myself. (laughs) We're not bulls. We don't function that way because sheep don't function that way. If you tase a sheep, they roll over, start crying and whining and being a baby. You can't do that. When we walk out of line, when we don't want to go where we go, punishment folds us in more so than moves us forward. We are like sheep, and the Bible does not let up on us when we read it. Psalms 49, 14, like sheep, they are destined for the grave, and death will feed on them. The upright will rule over them in the morning. Isaiah 53, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned from his own way. Jeremiah 56, my people have been lost sheep. And then Isaiah 40, 10 through 11, like a shepherd, we will tend his flock. In his arm, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. Yes, that's not a picture of a strong bull. It's a picture of a lamb, picture of a sheep, picture of our mentality of who we are, but also a picture of a mentality with a Savior who saved us. But there's good news for a lost sheep. Number two, Christ is the ultimate shepherd who purchased his flock with his blood. What, is you, what are you worth? What is your soul worth? What is a dollar worth? What is gold worth? 2,000 square foot house, what is it worth? When you talk about the value of things, we've got to talk about the market because everything depends on the market. In other words, what is a dollar worth? Well, it depends on what year we're talking about. Uh, 40 years ago, you go down and buy, um, you have a dollar, you give it to the gas station attendant, and what do you get? You get about two gallons of gas. I filled up my tank last night, and I got a third of a gallon of gas. You see, the dollar goes up and down in regards to time. It all depends on the time of year that you're talking about the dollar. The dollar will be worth a lot less when it comes 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road. It all depends on what the currency is. Dollar is also carries a value depending on where it's spent. I go to Africa. When I go to Africa, one dollar on its currency is eight African dollars. So my one dollar carries eight dollars. So if I got ten dollars in my pocket, I have eighty dollars in my pocket. Currency goes up and down everywhere except one place, and that is when something is purchased with blood. 
When something is purchased with blood, it doesn't matter the time that it is purchased. It doesn't matter the history of how long back or how forward it has been purchased. When something was purchased with blood, there is a statement that is extremely large, and a statement that is extremely solid. The only item that, purchased and, that has purchase and power that does not fluctuate is blood in heaven came down and did what? Said, I'm not buying you with gold. I'm not buying people with silver. I'm not buying people with rubies. I'm not buying people with pesos. I'm not buying people with diamonds. I'm buying people, purchasing people with blood. Except it's not only blood. I'm buying people with God's blood. Christ, the only begotten Son, given to us. Remember what we are, sheep. Mentality of sheep. Yet God willing to sacrifice specifically for us. If you look in Ephesians, the angels were um, almost freaked out when this took place. Came down, their God came down, died on the cross for a human being, for a sheep. And the angels are like, what are you doing? This makes absolutely no sense. But it put such a value on the human being when this took place that the angels stood back completely, entirely uh, flabbergasted. Angels are looking down and say, boy, God must have really wanted them. Being purchased with his blood, yes, we can say we're sheep, but God really wants us. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Yes, we're not strong, we're not the bulls, we're not good, but we have somebody who is good. And that shepherd is the one that has done it for us. Number three, God has placed leaders in the church to take care of his flock. The same flock that he purchased with his blood. During the early days of going to Africa, um, there was Africa ended a war in 2001, and they were trying to put the structure back into place. And as they were putting the structure back into place, the banks were not functioning like they should, and we started planting churches there and started building churches there. And so we didn't trust wiring money over to Africa. So we would call our bank and say, we need to order some cash, uh, $16,000, $18,000, and, uh, and then they, we'd order the cash, and then we'd go, and we'd pick up $16,000, $18,000. We'd put it in our pocket, and then we'd fly, you know, to Africa with it. And as we did that, since I was the leader on many of these trips, I will tell you that I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be nervous when you're carrying that kind of responsibility? Um, $16,000 in cash, $18,000 in cash. I hope nothing happens. If I do, how am I going to make an explanation of this. So, of course, my heart uh, was beating in a sense of carrying that amount, um, that amount of value. It was a responsibility that I did not like, and a responsibility that when it was spent over there and it was done, I felt good that it was no longer in my hands. Acts 20, 28 says, keep watch over yourself and all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which is bought with his own blood. Some verses in the Bible that scare me, and this is one that scares me probably more than any other verse in the Bible. In a sense that he has given the shepherd 
a pastor, elders, responsibility to keep watch over his flock, and what's that flock worth? It's not worth $16,000. It's not worth $100,000. It's not worth a billion dollars. It is worth the blood of Christ. Therefore, here's your responsibility. Watch the flock. I've purchased it with my blood and make sure that they are taken care of. Talk about pressure. Martin Luther felt that pressure. He said whenever he walked up to a pulpit, his knees just started to shake, opening up the word of God, praying, praying diligently to make sure that the word comes out, piercing the ears and the hearts of God's people that he purchased with his blood. He said, I was much more afraid of preaching than I was of any person that wanted to kill me because I preached. R.C. Sproul spoke in a small church one time, and after he spoke, somebody came up to him and said, boy, you usually speak in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It's probably not that big of a deal when you speak in front of 80. And he says, every time I get up, I'm as nervous as could be in the sense of giving the word of God to the flock. Why? I'm standing between God, and I'm standing for God's sheep that he purchased with his blood. That is responsibility. And then me, I just pass out. It's kind of an inside joke, but that's what takes place. Look at the responsibility that there is when you open up the Word of God as a leader, as a pastor, to make sure that the Word of God is given to the flock of sheep because there is eternities at stake. When I was a a youth pastor at a smaller church, 60 to 80 people, I was looking at possibly taking the job as a senior pastor, preaching the Word, and I had an older lady that came up to me and made a statement that I will never forget and hold, it on, hold on to it the rest of my life. She says, if you're the pastor of this church, you're going to have 60 people show up inside of your congregation that would go elsewhere, if you let them, that could go elsewhere to hear the word preached. But they're not. They're going to stay right here for the purpose of having their souls fed. Are you going to give them the gospel? Are you going to give them the gospel? Because remember that the gospel is what saves. The gospel is what energizes. The gospel is the message of the entire Bible. And as a shepherd, if we refuse to give the gospel, are we refusing to feed God's flock that he shepherds with his blood, or that he paid with his blood? God has placed leaders in the church to take care of his flock, what is the responsibility? The responsibility is huge. First Peter two twenty five, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. Here's a verse, that another one that scares me, and this is only one of many that comes out in Jeremiah that talks about the shepherds that refuse to preach the gospel, and this is a verse that I definitely have on the forefront of my mind every time I preach. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my sheep, because you have scattered my flock and had driven them away and have not bestowed care on them. I will bestow punishment on you for the evil that you have done, declares the Lord. Point one is that Christ purchased his flock with his blood, and then he has put leaders in charge to take care of the flock that he purchased with his blood. 
But point three, God has also placed you over people to take care of his flock that he purchased with his blood. Pastor is not the only one who is supposed to take this responsibility. The flock is supposed to take responsibility of the ones that we have been given and entrusted to bring leadership over. Well, what does that mean? That means if you've been here for three weeks, if you've come to church for four weeks, if you've come to church here for five years, if you come to church here for ten years, there is somebody that's going to walk in the door almost every Sunday morning that is here for the first time. Did you know that they are your responsibility? Because if you've been here for three weeks, you've already been taken a leadership position that I am here, I love God, and therefore I need to serve the flock of God that he purchased with his blood. The new person that walks in the door should have 100 handshakes before they walk out. What about our wives? God has given us our wives to what? She is, my wife would be somebody that God purchased with his blood. That would be my responsibility. I've been given a leader, as a leader, my responsibility to take care of my wife. And that is a huge responsibility. Wives to husband, huge responsibility. Parents to kids, huge responsibility. Here's John 21. Jesus is having a conversation with Peter, and this is a conversation with Peter that he's asking questions of, are you going to get serious, Peter, about your Christian walk? Here's Jesus talking. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes. He then says, tend my lambs. He said to him again, second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Jesus is trying to get a point across. Do we love God? Our response and automatic response of our love to God is instantly poured out into our love for each other. In fact, I heard a comment that our love for God is only as strong enough as our love that we share to each other. That is the explanation of our love to God. 1 Peter 5, 2, here Peter is writing this book. I think he remembers the conversation that Jesus had with him before he ascended. As he's writing his book, he brings this up again. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Seen as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And when Christ the shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade. This responsibility has been given to all of us because we're not bulls. We're not strong. We're people that are known as sheep. And we survive together, and we must survive together, carry each other through situations, through circumstances, and making sure that if there's anyone that God has entrusted to your care, that you take responsibility for them because they are items, they are people that Christ purchased with his blood. So here's a challenge. Number five, as Christians, we are surrounded by God's people that he purchased with his blood. We must treat them as so. Do you have an enemy in this church? Never forget that the enemy that you have 
is a person that Christ purchased with his blood and he has entrusted them to you and they are your responsibility. You have somebody that you ignore, that person that you ignore in the church would be somebody that Christ purchased with his blood and has entrusted them to us. There's somebody that irritates you, that person is the one that irritates you is somebody that Christ purchased with his blood and then gave them to us and entrusted them to us and our responsibility is them. So somebody that is difficult to forgive, the way that the church functions is that we have to forgive because we've been forgiven. That person that you're having problems forgiving, never forget. That person is a sheep that sometimes helps us out. That person is a sheep who Christ purchased with his blood, and my responsibility is to shepherd him, set him free, and forgive him. Number six, husbands, you are married to God's daughters that were purchased with his blood. Treat them as so. Ask the question, do we treat them as so? How do we speak to our wife? How do we treat our wife? How do we cherish our wife? How do we serve our wives? How do we love our wives? Now, I am a father of two daughters, and I want a husband to cherish, treat, serve, love my daughters more than anything. Well, the wife that I have is um, a lady that is God's daughter that has been handed to me and God, who purchased her with his blood, said, you need to take care of her on your guys' walk to heaven. In fact, why even get married? We got this during our counseling sessions when we were doing premarital counseling. The reason why we get married is because we can grow together on our journey to heaven. We are eternal people. And God has entrusted men with the responsibility to make sure that his daughters are taken care of. So when we speak out of line, when we abuse, when we put down, when we degrade, we can never forget it's God's daughter that he purchased with his blood, and therefore it is our responsibility. God says to every husband, you take care of my daughter on your way to heaven. Number seven, wives, you are married to God's sons that were purchased with Christ's blood. What should we do? We must treat them as so. The wife alone has the ability to make or break her husband. She is the one person who gets close enough to either build him up or cripple him. If you look at the concept of falling in love, what is one powerful statement of what takes place when you fall in love? What happens when you fall in love is you make yourself vulnerable. And when you make yourself vulnerable, your love will grow. When you are fully known by your husband, fully known by your wife, that is when your love continues to grow. But vulnerability is what? Vulnerability is scary. And men, we do not like to be vulnerable because we're worried about being hurt, worried about being disrespected. Wives, have you ever heard the concept or understand, why does my husband talk to me? Why does my husband share my feelings? Why does my husband give himself to me emotionally? Why is there some sort of block? The reason why is because we are all, no matter how tough we are, we're all sheep. And we have this protective instinct inside of us that when we get vulnerable, it brings, it scares us. So wives, when you look at your husband, there's a responsibility. 
The responsibility to do what? To take care of the man that Christ purchased with his blood. God has given you that responsibility. Moving along, number eight, parents, you're raising God's sons and daughters that were purchased with Christ's blood. We must treat them as so. When our first daughter was born, I kind of um, lost my marbles a little bit and kind of freaked out and said, I don't know if I can take this responsibility. A couple days um, after she was born, we went back into the doctor's office and uh, we, we had a conversation with our doctor. And the conversation was, um, I don't know if we can take this pressure. I don't know if we can take this responsibility. I don't know. I mean, this is a kid. And you sent this kid home with us. And the doctor says, well, I just deliver them. I don't keep them. You're, it's your kid. You're going to have to make sure that you, you take them. As my wife was in tears as we were trying to work through this. And I said, well, don't you, you know, I mean, don't, you guys don't even do a criminal background check. How do you know I'm not a criminal? How do you know that I'm not? It's like, no, it's, it's your kids. This is not what we're discussing. Take the responsibility. I'll never forget the words that came out of the doctor's mouth. The doctor said, <laughs> I'll never forget them. You two will be okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, thank you for the encouragement. But I tell you, the pressure was there. Why was the pressure there? <laughs> pressure there is because souls are under our leadership. Souls have been given out of care, and those souls have been purchased with Christ's blood. And as those souls have been purchased with Christ's blood, God has entrusted us, them to us to take care of. Do we carry this sort of pressure? You know, if God did describe us as different animals and sheep, then we wouldn't carry that sort of pressure. We would carry a pressure that we're all on our own. We're strong enough. We can take care of ourselves. We do not need each other. That is not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that you desperately need the ultimate shepherd to save you. You desperately need leadership in the church to make sure that the word of God is presented, preached, and gospel is seen and Jesus Christ is seen. And you desperately need leaders within our areas of influence to make impact on sheep. Because sheep cannot survive alone. Sheep need people. And therefore, we must take the responsibility of everybody that God has taken, given us um, uh, influence over and has entrusted to us. And then as we take responsibility, never forget the value of them. They're not worth gold. They're not worth silver. They're worth Christ's blood. And what is that worth? If you think about that, it's a lot of responsibility. God, I just pray that you will empower us to take responsibility, God, of, of people, God, that you have purchased with your blood. God, this responsibility is strong. This responsibility is intimidating. But help us to never lose sight of the value of people that are around us that you have entrusted us to. God, I just pray that you will fill us with the Holy Spirit as we serve people, as we love people, and as we build people, God, up for your kingdom. Thank you, God, for being the ultimate shepherd that you have given us an example of how to love people. And uh, I just pray, God, that we'll never forget that. And that will always be on the forefront of our mind as we live and as we love others. In Christ's name, amen.